Welcome to worship. We're so glad that you chose to be with us today. My name is Sheila and I'll be your host for this online worship experience. If this is your first time with us, we wanna give you a very special welcome. We invite you to share your email address and in turn, we will send you a gift card this coming week and coffee is on us. This is week two of our sermon series, Give Thanks. Pastor Jason has a great message just ahead for all of us. Speaking of the message, we have sermon discussion questions and more online for you at schweitzer.church/next. And now, here's some great announcements for you. Hi, welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Jen Brown, so glad you're here today. Just wanna tell you about some things coming up. The holidays are here, the lights are going up on the building, and it can be a really fun time around Schweitzer and around our community, but also sometimes navigating the holidays can be really difficult, especially if you're walking through grief or a divorce. Uh, just the season looks a little bit different. So we have some great support classes coming up in the next couple of weeks. These are just little two-hour sessions where you can talk about what it means to survive the holidays when you're in a new season. We'd love for you to sign up for this if you're navigating grief or divorce. You can check our website for more information. You'll find those classes, these two-hour sessions, in just two weeks. you learn more about this at schweitzer.church next. Also, another great event coming up is our Christmas Victorian Tea happening on Saturday, December 3rd. This will be a blast with ladies. We're going to have tables decorated all Christmassy. You can wear your best Christmas outfit. You can, we'll have tea and snacks, and we'll have about 160 tickets available for this special Christmas tea that's also going to help support the Harmony House here in Springfield. So if you are in the mood for some Christmas fun, Christmas tea, gather some ladies and go ahead and buy your Christmas tea tickets. We also need just a few table hosts. So if you love decorating, that's a great way for you to get involved as well. But we promise this will be fun. Go ahead and get your tickets today at Schweitzer.church slash tea. In case you haven't heard, we have something quite exciting coming up this next weekend for our second season, folks. This is our Boomer Bash and our second season seminar. I'm going to pass it on to Jim and Ed to tell you even more about this. Hi, everybody. I'm Jim, and it's really good to be with you today. We're here, Ed, my buddy Ed, and I, to tell you more about the second season ministry, as well as how we're celebrating this ministry we launched last year. We're celebrating it November 11th, 12th, 13th with Boomer Bash 2.0. You'll want to be a part of it. Tell us more about what's happening on Friday evening, Ed. You bet, Jim. On Friday night, we're having a party. It's from five to seven. We're gonna have live music with bluegrass and other forms. We're gonna have food. We're gonna have fun with games. And then it doesn't stop there. The party continues on Saturday. Jim, you wanna tell us about Saturday? Sure, on Saturday from about nine to 1.30, we're going to be inspired by uh, retired Reverend Clayton Smith, who was here in the 1980s and, and beyond. And Clayton's gonna teach us and inspire us all about legacy, what we create with God, and leave for our family and friends and community. So we're really excited about having Clayton with us. Again, we'll have more fun, uh, really good food, and, and a lot of inspiration. So you'll wanna be here for that. Jim, that sounds great. So what should I wear? Well, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? I, I, think, I think what you got on looks pretty good. I think what you look at is, is marvelous. I like your hair. I like your hair. All, All right, right. All let's right. do this. Be there, you're gonna love it. Boomer Bash 2.0, it's gonna be awesome. Be with us. Thanks, Ed and Jim. That sounds amazing. I'm really looking forward to being there, and I'm not even a boomer. 
So make sure you sign up today. We look forward to having you at our Boomer Bash and our second season seminar. Thanks again for joining us at Schweitzer today. Let's continue with worship. Thanks so much for those great announcements. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hi to your friends or give us your insights. If you're in need of prayer, there's someone waiting for you in our prayer room. Just click that button and they'll be right with you. And now let's continue in worship. Stop! 
As we come to this time of prayer today, we have a special tradition here at Schweitzer. This candle is lit in memory of those who have gone before in this past year. They've made a difference in ministry and in our lives here at Schweitzer. We want to remember them in our prayer today. Hear now the names of those who have gone on before this past year at Schweitzer. Alice Brown, Annabelle Castle, Brenda Raphorst, Carol Rayborn, David Rothermo, Deanna Gordon, Donnie Bryant, Dustin Brandhorst, Elsie Young, Hal Funk, Jean Collins, Jean Middleton, Jeannie Horton, Joyce Sponsler, Leo Burke, Margaret Verts, Marion Claypool, Marilyn Prideau, Pat Kirkman. All of those names that have just been mentioned made a difference in our lives here at Schweitzer. We know that there are many others that were not mentioned today that have made a difference in your life. I invite you now to join me in a moment of silence just to remember those people. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you so much for the difference these people made in our lives. And we rejoice that they now share in their eternal reward with you in heaven. God, we want to continue in prayer by saying the prayer that you taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, I wanna thank you for your support of the many ministries that happen here and outside of Schweitzer Church. There are great things happening. God is blessing our efforts. And it's because of you that these things can happen. I wanna remind you that you can give online at schweitzer.church give. And now here's Pastor Jason with week two of our series, Give Thanks. This fall, I'm thankful for my family. They're always there for me and they always help me a lot no matter what it is. This year, I'm thankful for my friends. Uh, they have helped me through some tough times this year and I've made so many 
great memories that I'll have and cherish for a lifetime. My name's Emma, and this is why I give thanks. My name is Ainsley, and this is why I give thanks. Welcome to worship. We're so glad you've tuned in today. Uh, I'm Pastor Jason, and today I'm joined with uh, joined by LaDonna Griner. And we're going to be sharing a little bit about Psalm 107 and how God helps the helpless. Psalm 107 begins with these words, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Last week, as we started this sermon series on Give Thanks, we heard about how the psalm begins with these lines, give thanks to the Lord. And it's an imperative request. That is that there is a command that comes to us from the psalm that we should be people who, who choose to give thanks regardless of what kind of situations we're in because the Lord is there to help us. And when we, when we give thanks, uh, Pastor Spencer talks about how there is something within the economy of God that happens within our own life, within the communities, when we are thankful, when we have uh, hearts that are full of gratitude, where the kingdom of heaven begins to, to flush itself out in our lives. And so um, we're attending to Psalm 107 as we go through the series, Give Thanks. A couple points that I want to get to right before we read the text that we're going to have for today about, around Psalm 107. First is this, the Psalms are divided up into different books and Psalm 107 begins book number five, which primarily is centered around the idea of giving thanks. Many of the Psalms in the last part of, of, of this work speak about giving praise and thanksgiving to God. They're around worship. One of the other things about this Psalm that you might note is that unlike a number of other Psalms, uh, this Psalm does not have a lead into it. That is, an author isn't noted. There isn't a, a notice about what kind of occasion uh, this psalm is predicated upon, except that a number of commentators have looked at the psalm, looked at the way it's put together, and have begun to imagine and think that this psalm is written out of the context of people who are returning from or have already returned from captivity, people who have been in exile. And maybe they were in Babylon or they were in Egypt, but they made their way back into Israel. Something else about the psalm that, that we note is that within this psalm, there are a number of, of profound parallels that uh, ways in which the psalm is put together that it repeats itself. For instance, um, we're told about four different major scenes in life. We're told about people who are lost and homeless. We're told about those who sit in darkness. We're told about those who, who become sick. And we're told about those who are lost at sea. All of these depict different pictures of, of people's lives and who these pictures paint a significant amount of helplessness. Um, in each of these pictures where people find themselves, there's a recurring line. There's a phrase that the psalmist says that these people who found themselves in this place, they uttered, Lord help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. So that line is repeated four different times. And then... There's a, a description of how God saves or God acts on behalf of those who cry out to him. And then repeated within each of these different vignettes is this imperative to give thanks to the Lord for his grace is really and practically life-saving. So today we're going to read a section of Psalm 107 from verse 10 through verse 16. And there we find these words. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. 
They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That's why he broke them with hard labor and they fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom and he snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze and he cut apart their bars of iron. In this sense, in this picture of, of helplessness, in this picture that runs throughout the four different narratives, the folks that this particular section talks about are those who are lost in deep darkness, who are setting in prison. And one of the things that the psalmist points out here and then within each of these vignettes is that there is something that the people themselves have, have done that has contributed to their sense of helplessness. In this particular case, the folks that he writes about, he notes that they rebelled against the word of God. That is that they had some fabric of God's presence and God's word in their life. And when it, when it hit them, they decided not to follow it. They decided that they would go their own way, if you will. Now, the, the reality also that the psalmist points out is that sometimes our lostness doesn't always come from that reality, but sometimes we just live in circumstances, in an environment where we can find ourselves lost. Um, <clears throat> but whether it's a part of our own, uh, own doing or a part of the circumstances we're in, the reality that the psalmist paints is that being lost, being helpless is real, can be extreme, and there is a lack of power within oneself to change the situation. There is no power. In fact, he's very vivid in this section. No power for those who are behind bars to do anything to change their own situation. Now, I have tended to think that these moments are really rare in most people's lives. Like, right, if you just, just pay attention to things, just do what you're told, you will avoid this. Except that then there are moments when like, my son came down with food poisoning and whammo, there's nothing you can do as a parent to interject and you really feel a sense of helplessness. Or when my grandmother got dementia, you really feel a sense of helplessness. Like, what do you do in this moment? Because there's nothing you can do. Helplessness, whether it's something we do to lend a hand in causing it or something that just going through life, it's real. We all get to feel it. The psalmist is really saying to each and every one of us, it's a universal reality that we'll all encounter. But likewise, there's this other universal reality that the psalmist wants to point out to us and that the Lord is indeed our helper. The psalmist is really looking to compel a couple of things. For those who find themselves helpless, regardless of why, he wants to encourage us when we find ourselves helpless to breathe this prayer, Lord, help. And secondly, for those who've experienced helplessness and they've experienced the help of the Lord, he wants to spur on the reality of being a witness to what God has done. And so there's this imperative, let them praise the Lord. So he reminds us that the Lord himself comes alongside and is our helper. Now I've asked LaDonna to be with us today to join us because LaDonna has got uh, the gift of storytelling. And some of the stories she tells are the stories that come up out of her own life, her own experience. 
Uh, LaDonna has been a writer. I, I first met you through your book, your act of, of writing about gratitude. And, and most recently, she shared a story with me about being lost, about really being in that place where the psalmist talks about, about being helpless. So why don't you take a moment, LaDonna, and just tell us, introduce yourself to those who are watching, tell us who you are, and then we'll get into this story about where you found yourself lost. Well, I'm LaDonna Greiner, and I've been blessed to be able to do what I enjoy, and that is write and take pictures. I'm a professional landscape photographer, and I like to write about what I experience, which is what led me here. Uh, I take pictures, I travel all over the Ozarks and other places and kayak and hike and photo to, to get the photographs that I sell on metal and that I have put on note cards. And she got some awesome note cards. Uh, some of the ones I like the best are the ones you've taken of barns because I'm a, a barn kind of guy. But um, you went out um, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, to capture a picture. Um, tell us where you went, what kind of picture you were after. I think we'll share a picture, uh, share that picture that you captured. Well, I, we went to, Richard and I went to Tom Sock Mountain, the highest point in Missouri, uh, halfway between here and St. Louis. And my goal was to take a picture of Minnesota Falls. It's a waterfall there. Uh, we, it was about a 30 minute hike we discovered from another hiker and should have been an easy in and out, even though we got there late in the day on January 24th, 2021, to be exact. <laughs> a day I will never forget. And uh, what turned out, what was supposed to be a 30 minute hike turned into a 20 hour ordeal. 30 minutes into 20 hours. Um, how did that unfold to go from 30 minutes into 20 hours? Because you said you were an experienced hiker and, all, and you know kind of what to expect and how to get there. Yes, but anyone who hikes has gotten lost at one point or the other. I've gotten lost several times. I've always found my way out, usually in a couple of hours. Uh, sometimes using GPS, sometimes not. Uh, in this particular instance, I left my phone in the car because I wasn't getting reception and it was half dead. I forgot to put on my fanny pack that has all my... Uh, gear in it that I would need to, you know, snacks, survival type things. I just had a jacket. Uh, I was layered, but I, I had a jacket, two pairs of pants on, hiking boots, really good hiking boots, which was great. And um, Richard hiked as far as he could with me. We stopped. He couldn't go the whole way. So we were supposed to meet up when I came back. And that didn't happen. It didn't happen. In fact, uh, you would be out and you'd have to uh, find a spot the next morning, yes. um, find your way out. I hiked for hours, hours, trying to find myself. As I found out earlier from a timestamp on my phone, uh, it was 11.15 when I finally decided I couldn't go any further because it was too dark to see. Uh, and your your camera that you had with you was like the only light that you had, Yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, mm. so I would use it every once in a while because I would think I'd see a path. And so I'd bring out my camera, turn on the flash, nope. It's not a path. All my paths turned out to be either volunteer trails or deer trails. <laughs> so the longer that you hiked and it got darker and darker, and then it started to rain. Yes. And then in the middle of the night, you had you encountered a whole bunch of thunderstorms that came rolling through. Yes. Tell us about um, finding a tree and lightning. Yes. Well, at about 1130, I found this tree to stand under. I had seen evidence of wild pigs and I'd heard uh, coyotes. So I 
turned around from that direction and went as far as I could. I decided to stay in a cedar glade because I figured they wouldn't be rooting around there and that might be the safest place. Found a tree to lean against because laying down on the ground wasn't working for me. And that's where I spent the entire night was leaning against a tree, uh, counting between the lightning strikes, one 1,000, two 1,000. So they were anywhere from two miles away to 13 miles away. So as you, as you kept going, kept walking, as it got darker into the night, then as the lightning and all the storms seep in, as you've encountered all of those other incidents where you thought, oh, there are wild pigs out here, there's coyotes out here, what's the state of your mind and what's your prayer life like? <laughs> well, as you can, might guess, my prayer life was very strong at the time. And I had several conversations with God throughout the night. You know, first it was, help me find the path. You've always helped me find the path in the past. You've always led me home because I would pray when I got lost. Okay, where's the path? Which direction should I go? This time it just wasn't working. And so then it was as I was, well, the fog was so heavy. It's the heaviest fog they'd, that the forest ranger had ever seen, he told me the next day. Uh, the fog was so heavy, I couldn't see anything to find my way back. Uh, but I kept walking because I needed to keep warm. And I kept talking to God. And then it started raining. And I asked, asked him to please make it stop raining. And he didn't. In fact, he sent lightning. <laughs> I said, so then I prayed, okay, if you won't stop the rain, please stop the lightning. And he didn't. And so from about 2.30, I know that because the next day uh, I found out later that that's when they had to call in the search and rescue was because it started lightning. So from 2.30 to I'm guessing around six more in the morning, constant thunder and lightning. And yes, I was mad at God at the time. I thought, you know, why are you making me suffer through this? but he had a plan that I didn't realize at the time. What do you think the Lord's plan was in that? In, in hindsight, he kept me awake. He kept me awake all night with that lightning. And I couldn't go to sleep because I was just, you know, that was loud and I was counting and I was thinking about how am I, what if, what if lightning strikes a tree nearby, all these what ifs that come to your mind. Never once though did I think that I wouldn't make it out. I never considered that I might die out there. I just, it just didn't, it didn't, it wasn't an option. But um, you, you didn't know this at the time, but there have been a number of other hikers and several of them skilled who have in fact been in that same situation and didn't make their way out. Yeah. So as you've, you've learned that, as you reflect on your own story, how do you, how do you, what are the lessons that you capture from that moment? And, and how does that inform what you're doing or doing now or seeing into the future? Well, I'm the one that comes to, that I talk about in my book is a, a father and two sons. He was very experienced and they did not make it out alive. Uh, the boys made it to the hospital, but died shortly thereafter. I just, it gives me goosebumps now to think about it. I don't know why God allowed me, but I to live and not them. But I feel very strongly that he has a purpose for my life and that I need to fulfill that purpose wherever he leads me to speak, whatever he leads me to do. You know, he gives me the words to write on the page. I need to do that because uh, life is short. You never know when it's, your, when it's your last breath, when it's your last time. And I want, to, I want to know that I've done everything I can to help others through my experiences. And um, I, 
I did re I have reassessed my life again. I do that every once in a while. My father passed away, I did it then. This was one of those life or death moments when I reassessed what's really important in life. Where do I wanna spend my time? Mm -hmm. uh, one final question for me. You've written a lot about gratitude way before this in yeah. experience ever unfolded in your yeah. life. How has this reshaped or reformed or reasserted gratitude as an expression of your life? I have always been a positive person, but I've not always been a grateful person. And this just drives home the fact to me that there's always something to be grateful for, no matter what your circumstances are. I'm grateful for the lightning as it turns out because it did keep me awake. I'm grateful that I was out there in the winter and it happened rather when there were no snakes, ticks, bugs, all that stuff, you know, uh, at the time I did, that did go through my mind. Uh, I'm just very grateful that he allowed me to find a road to get out of there just about 50 feet from where I spent the night. I mean, how often would that happen? Only by the hand of God. Yeah. Thank you, LaDonna. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Your story really exemplifies many of the things that the psalmist is writing about and speaking to. Um, so the psalmist tells a universal story. The Apostle Paul in his opening to the second letter that he sends to the church at Corinth, he too talks about what this story is like about coming to a place where we really don't know what to do. And he writes these words in, first, in 2 Corinthians. He says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. As we think about this invitation, actually this imperative from the Psalms, to, to rejoice in the Lord, to give thanks to the Lord for what he's done. Friends, um, there is this encouragement that comes from the Psalms, that comes throughout the fullness of Scripture. When we find ourselves in trouble, we're meant to cry out. And just that simple prayer that the psalmist writes, Lord, help. The LaDonna asked the Lord, Lord, help. Is, that's a simple prayer. And if you find yourself in a place where you're lost, where you're confused, where you're helpless, we are encouraged to cry out, Lord, help. And then we're encouraged to take up the practice of listening to the Lord's word because in there we find, about, we find out about the resurrection power that is at work in Christ, that is at work in, in all of us. It can be available to each and every one of us. And when, when God works on our behalf, we take a moment and find a way to share that story. LaDonna, thankfully, has taken up the gift of writing and she's, she's using it to tell that story. She's doing it in a number of ways. But you too, and, and I, we all have stories of how God has helped us and when we've been helpless. And we need to find some way, some place to share that story because when we do, the Lord takes that in His kingdom, in His economy, and He begins to encourage others who find themselves helpless today. So be bold, be strong. Tell the story of God's good work in your life and trust in the day ahead, his resurrection power can be yours. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious. Thanks, LaDonna. Thank you, Jason, for this opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. I wanna thank the team that made this service possible and a special thank you to Pastor Jason for his meaningful message. If you know someone that would benefit from this sermon, I invite you to share it with them in social media. We thank you so much for doing that. And now we invite you back next week for week three of Give Thanks. Have a great week. With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then north and south and east and west We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing His eminence his name would burst from sea and sky, from rivers to the mountain tops. We'd hear Christ be magnified. And oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me, and oh, Christ be magnified in the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me, when every creature finds its inmost melody. Every human heart is made of Christ. In one rapture, hear praise. We hear Christ be magnified. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be
If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, oh, my heart will still be saved. My song. 